results of Nico. We gotta call my team back at Old Knot Hole. It's Sonic and the Freedom Fighters. Sally the princess, one of a kind. Bunny always there to get you out of a bind. Rona the genius looking through the archives. It sails flying fast, got dreams sky high. Antoine's a jerk. It's Sonic and the Freedom Fighters. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Archie Sonic Digest. And still, still hot on the heels of the Shattered World Crisis. We're still not even close to being done. The planet still shattered apart. But we're on the up and up. Seven Chaos Emeralds in the bag. We have, what, four out of the seven Gaia Keys. It's looking good for our Freedom Fighters. It's looking real good. We are we are making progress to a inevitable conclusion. I wonder what that conclusion is. I totally did not play Sonic Unleashed, <laughs> and I already know that conclusion. I don't have a PlayStation 3. Uh, oh, yeah, uh, I don't know if I'd want to play that game on PlayStation 3. Have you seen that lag? Jesus. Bro, I don't need to see it. I've lived it. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, yeah, dude, I love pressing X to boost and my frame rate going to 10. It's my favorite. I've, I've never seen a PowerPoint presentation go on in Autobot Day. That's great. I love that. Yeah. All right, so we're here. We have, obviously, the main comic to cover. We also have Sonic Universe to cover, as per usual. No side stuff this time, but we have a great fucking universe arc with a lot of deep cuts and old pre-reboot lore references. Ooh. Yeah, we're we're eating today. We really are eating today with this Sonic Universe. And why, why, why tease you guys? Let's give it a go. Sonic Universe, issue 83, the classic team, Ian Flynn, Tracy Yardley, our creative team. You love to see it. Welcome to the aptly named Eggman's Dozen Arc. We start high above the skies of Eggman Land. Eggman is flying aboard his mech, his what he calls the Egg Clam. What the fuck is this? <laughs> he is getting creative again. Can't have that. I mean, I don't know if I could call this creative. This is just very stupid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, look. You know, Eggman. Eggman's a man of trial and error, right? They can't all be winners. You gotta, you gotta give him a test run th first, though. Gotta be fair, right? I, I guess, yeah. Eggman on his mech, the Egg Clam, is following Metal Sonic, telling him this is a seek and destroy mission. We're seeking out whoever was foolish enough to meddle with my facilities and destroying every last atom within them. I got no remote access, so be on guard. We're going in blind. Checking out, there are Badnik stationed there, but no response. Should have sent out a horde commander, or at least a foreman. It's impossible to keep track of anything on this puzzle piece of a planet. But, Metal points something out. The Badniks at a station nearby have crystal formations on their heads, and that's why they're not responding to Eggman. And then Eggman puts two and two together. Crystallized Badniks mean only one thing. The Nogus Twins. So... A long time ago, back in Sonic 2 on the Game Gear in this world's canon, Sonic was attempting to rescue Tails from Dr. Eggman in the Egg Storm Chamber. After almost losing to him, uh, Eggman makes his retreat, but in doing so, frees Tails from captivity. He then tries to run away, however, is attacked by the Nagus Twins and is encased in crystal. If you forgot, that is... Ixus Nagus, now known as Walter Nagus, and Wendy Nagus, also known as Wendy Witchcart, which is the main villain of Tail Sky Patrol. Yes, yes, and yes. Now, the thing I alluded to last episode, if you haven't caught on, we explained at the beginning of the reboot 
game characters are not allowed to have blood relatives. And yet, for whatever reason, Wendy Witchcart is the exception here. My theory is that she is just such an obscure character, Sega didn't even know she was a game character. <laughs> that that is that is what I think happened. Sega was like, what? Uh, sure, I guess. Nobody knows who this is. Uh, just new character, right? Yeah, it's a new character. I don't, we don't even remember. Yeah, yeah, that, I don't have any other explanation. That has to be it. After being captured, uh, the two are essentially, uh, gloating over their victory over Eggman and Sonic. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, by the way, Wendy encases Sonic and Crystal. So, now they're both captured, and Tails, uh, seeing this disaster happen, needs to go save Sonic. And this is how Tails Sky Patrol starts in this world, which means that that's canon. Very interesting game to canonize. Yeah, it's kind of weird, like, Tails Sky Patrol? Of all games, like, okay, I've never played Tails Sky Patrol, I doubt you have either, Aaron, but I'm gonna be real. The way the game goes is that it's basically like an on-rails flying type game where tails has like a little ring that he shoots at enemies with it's it's not it's not good (laughs) yeah it's 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 certainly a game gear game sure is isn't it with that flashback all done eggman finishes remembering that and said well that definitely was an unpleasant experience but hey made it out alive yeah walter is a bother but i thought i was at least on working terms with wendy so why challenge me here and now new plan we're gonna go to the collection center Quickly and quietly, we're going to restore the Spire and get the Badniks restored. Keep an eye out for the twins. They and their cronies could be anywhere. They fly down near Eggman's statue and see the park covered in crystals. Alright, Metal, make an entrance point. Breaks into the control panel and Eggman plugs in. And as he's working, he kind of talks to himself, oh, ha, and Snively used to complain about using hardline over Wi-Fi, but his foresight paid off. Who's laughing now, you needle-nosed runt? I wonder whatever happened to that twerp anyway. Well, first of all, uh, Eggman is objectively correct. Uh, Wi-Fi jerk offers, uh, get out. We hardline connections in this bitch. Clearly, Eggman is a gamer, of course. Yeah, so that's why. A- a- yeah, yeah. Do you, do you think he says gamer words? <laughs> the better uh, question is, what is his fighting game of choice? I think it's Street Fighter. I think he just nah, nah, bro. Eggman, Eggman is a masher, all right? That, that man meets you and tells you, are you plus or are you plus? Grand Blue Is Fantasy, he... final answer. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and he plays he plays with shit netcode, it's fine. Every time he beats somebody by, by sheer luck or lag, he just says skill issue. <laughs> skill issue. Uh, where were we? <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, Eggman's in. Eggman's in. Everything's in working order. The energy absorption should be complete in a matter of days. Ah, uh, do I know how to build them or what? Then, a voice shouts from behind. Well... Can you put it back together, though? And from behind reveals Wendy's subordinates, the Witch Carters, Berenger the Grizzly Bear, Falk Wolf, and Carodia the Rabbit, all on extreme gear on top of that. So these are the bosses of Tail Sky Patrol as well. Although they were more animalist. That's a very weird way to put it. But in the game, they were not looking like Mobians. But here in this canon, they were given redesigns to uh, fit the world better. Yeah, uh, they look all right. <laughs> I don't know. These guys aren't that interesting. They're just kind of here. Yeah, I mean, hey, 
Props for trying, I guess. Even Eggman, much like us, are not impressed with them. He knows that even Tails took care of these guys before even he stepped out of Sonic's shadow. Metal, go handle them before anything happens. Our guy Bear takes offense to that. He jumps down to Metal with his fist charged with familiar-looking purple energy and takes out Metal very cleanly. Eggman's taken shock to that as Falk and Karodia throw purple flames down on Eggman as he thinks, how did he even get these new powers? Takes a second and realizes undercover, Wendy takes over my facility. I lose access to Dark Gaia energy and her hench stilts get new Dark Energy powers. You stole that from me! He flies up and fires back on Falk and Karodia, although Bear is still fighting Metal, waiting to uh, snap his head to use it as a bowling ball, which uh, Metal then spin dashes underneath him to get back to Eggman. Unfortunately, on one of the clamshells, he takes a shot of crystallizing energy. And from there, that's when the Nagus twins make their appearance. Wendy says that old dear Granny Witchcart will take care of the big, bad, handsome Eggman. So she kind of has like a thing for Eggman. It's a little... It's a little much, but that's the point. It's That's the point. That's what I tell myself. Yeah, that's that's what you tell yourself, huh? Uh, so, now Eggman has to change the idea, going full frontal assault. Metal, go directly for Wendy. Ignore Wally. He's been powerless ever since he fired the first Genesis wave. Hmm. Eggman remembers. It's like I said, we can assume, within reason, most of the history of the world is is more or less the same. So we can assume Eggman did toy around with the Genesis wave in the new canon. So Nagus takes this as an insult and he fires a green bolt of energy to Eggman. And when he's down, he comes face to face and now he's just molding over the fact that everyone just gets new powers. But then he realizes that Nagus's power is coming from the three Master Emerald Shards he's wearing around his neck. He's got three Master Emerald Shards, huh? I think I know someone who'd be very fucking pissed. Yeah, well, uh... We'll get to that. So Nagus fires another shot, but he's blocked by Metal Sonic's Black Shield Matrix, homes in on him, and just, just screaming for someone to help him, leaving Wendy to freeze Metal Sonic into crystal, and she's laughing at how panicked he was. Behringer comes to, to destroy Metal, but he's stopped and calmed by Nagus. I want to use this puppet, but for now we must change out its strings. But for now, let's direct this anger somewhere more entertaining. Then the twins surround Eggman's mech, Asking, do you have any last words, Doctor? Four, actually. You'll pay for this! He breaks free and rides his Eggmobile up and out of there. Now, as he's flying away, figures he just got sloppy. I should have withdrawn metal the moment I saw the crystallized badniks. Now, he's gonna need a strike force to gain Eggman land back. With enough organic material to resist these powers, I know just who to call. Eggman arrives back to the base cute little visual gag or bot is uh you know uh doing the doing the air the aircon things let him know you're clear you're clear to land <laughs> even though like it's such a small room it's very adorable <laughs> yeah that's great he orders Orbot. all right queue up the egg bosses we have a strike team to assemble and now we get them one by one first on the line the most recent egg boss you've seen Nephthys. she's needed for the priority one mission and she will take flight immediately so when the call ends on her side, she tells Spike, I have been called to Eggman's side. I will leave security of the region to you guys. On the other end, we have Clove, who we just had a uh, very uh, fucked up arc with previously. Next, we have Thunderbolt the Chinchilla. Now, Thunderbolt's room is shown here. Thunderbolt the Chinchilla is the ultimate Eggman fanboy. Truly, she is Eggman's strongest warrior, and I kind of respect that. 
It's it's very funny. It's very very funny. Uh, she's she's just the biggest fangirl. It's it's great. Now comes the interesting one. Eggman calls up Battle Lord Cuckoo the Fifteenth, the Egg Boss of the Skies, who answers and says that uh he'll go, but Speedy chimes in next to him hmm? now there are two faces i never thought i'd see again well you know it's all fair game so again we all know the games are canon so in some way shape or form the tales adventure also happened in this canon in some way shape or form plus speedy is an original character so he's fair game that's true all true next on the list is aklat of the northern oceans now, another interesting note. Auklut is from the old canon. Oh, that's right. He's he's the orca from um from the very end of the arc, uh, right before, you know, uh The incident. Yeah, the incident. <laughs> yes, the incident. So he was an orca, like the animalistic orca. However, in the new canon, he's been redesigned to look like a Mobian. I mean, fair, makes sense, but yeah, I mean, okay, well, he's here. Says he'll be there in an hour. And next on the list is another new face, Abyss the Squid, a pirate and the egg boss of the Southern Oceans. She'll go. She needs something to plunder either way. And now, <laughs> next on the list is uh, someone else we just, just saw, Tundra of the Arctic. He will be on his way immediately as Eggman gives a snide remark, do not fail me again. <laughs> ah. Ah. Now... Ah. Uh, next up, one Lord Mordred Hood of Eurish. And again, another character from the old canon. He was the first character from the old canon to return and still has similar personalities trying to barter his way out of this. You know, I'm more of a leader than a combatant doctor. I, I could probably send some guys, though. I mean, oh, no, 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 no. You're not getting out of this. And I gave you legs. So you run, not walk, to the nearest shuttle. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Axel the water buffalo is called up next, uh, being told to head on over and he'll say, and he lets them know he needs to ride regardless. Next is another interesting face, Conquering Storm. Yes. Okay. Conquering Storm of Eurasia. So Ian character, she's fair game for this world. However, she had to be recontextualized a lot. A yeah. lot. So uh, instead of being part of the the pride of the four clans situation and, you know, the four warring, you know, uh, clans in general and all that inane nonsense, um, she's, she's just an egg boss now. And just a leader of a clan of ninjas that are nondescript. Okay. I mean, that's a fair, that's a fair recontextualization. And now, finally, the final egg boss, Ma the Thylacine, who is a Thylacine, if you don't know, is another name for a Tasmanian tiger. Weird. Yeah, this is the first, I think, in all of Sonic media that there was a Mobian character based off an extinct animal. Wasn't Thrash? No, they're just, like, critically endangered. Oh, Tasmanian, oh, wait, sorry, Tasmanian tigers and devils are separate? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, well, didn't know. Makes sense. So he is of Trollius, who is just the New World's version of Down Under. And he says that this can be a test run for his new modifications, to which Eggman says, okay, yeah, sure, whatever, just get here. And now the calls have been sent out, 
And now that we finally met all of Eggman's new egg bosses, it's time to repair the master plan to take back the refinery. That's it for issue 83. A strong and interesting setup. We have a 12, technically 13 character arc going on here versus uh, Wendy and Walter Nagus. An interesting setup, an interesting premise, and a, uh, I'm very interested to see what the execution is like. Oh yeah, I can't wait. This is this is going to be real good, folks. Let's, let's not hold off any longer. Sonic Universe issue 84, Ian Flynn wrote, and both Adam Bryce Thomas and Tracy Yardley did the art for the issue. We begin... On a flashback a couple years ago, Nagus has both Eggman and Sonic trapped in Crystal, revenge for ruining his plans from ruling the K-Corn Kingdom. Eggman's trying to barter his way out, you know, let's make a deal, but Nagus takes offense to that. The deal was I rule the kingdom and you get to mine it, and yet you cast me away into the special zone. Uh, let bygones be bygones? Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. But then out of nowhere, Wendy comes driving in a panic, saying that the little fox boy took care of all her witch carters and she needs help fighting back. Pathetic. Your collection of degenerates should be able to handle a mere child. Spare me the lecture, Wally. Come help me. Why, well, he's your problem. Sarcastle. But Sonic, ever believing in his friend, says there's nothing mere about his boy tales. But Eggman says to Sonic, hey, while the Nagus twins are distracted, let's try to find a way out of these crystals. What do you say? Interesting. So we move to the present. Orbot and Cubot waking up Mr. Eggman from his nap as the egg bosses have assembled in the central chamber. Eggman walks in, uh, much to Thunderbolt's uh, fangirl uh, squeeze, uh, as Eggman breaks down the situation and what is needed in order to set things up for a victory. The Nagus twins have invaded the park. They've taken hold of the spire, taking in Dark Gaia energy. It's nearly complete, too. They repelled my initial invasion and have taken metal hostage. And now, you all, with your cybernetic enhancements, are come to take it all back for the Empire. The Battle Lord is a little offended that he was summoned to be here as a lowly foot soldier. Tundra says, well, you know, if they were able to take it over so easily, maybe they should be the ones leading us. And, uh, Thunderbolt, of course, jumps on the table. She's discharging electricity, screaming at everyone, We are here to serve Lord Eggman and his every whim, and we are gonna like it. She's a little intense, you know. <laughs> Eggman's quite surprised by this and gives Thunderbolt a head pat, uh, telling her not to waste her batteries. Uh, I figured some of these ingrates would need a reminder, which is why I prepared a little demonstration. Q Orbot and Qbot wheeling in a soldier. If you don't remember the soldier, Eggman kindly refers to him as Tassel Boy. Tassel Boy here was the foreman of a small operation I had working secretly in Metropolis Zone. On his watch, a Freedom Fighter spy entered his ranks, and Sonic stole a shield generator I'd been developing. And so I activated the failsafe that I placed in all your cybernetics. He's completely locked up. Aware, but paralyzed. And I'll stay that way until I think he's learned his lesson. In 50 years or so. So, um, I guess this is the new canon's version of the other failsafe that was in, uh, the Egg Army Cybernetics. We know what that one was, and I'm not gonna lie. I think this one's a little more fucking brutal. Yeah, well, this one is not lethal. But, um, it's a literal hell. Being paralyzed from the waist down. Not being able to move a muscle. Only able to perceive and be aware and conscious for 50 years. Yeah, yeah, Eggman still got it. It's right. it's pretty sick. I, I I love it. I love it. I I love this man. It's also interesting to mention something that I've kind of already noticed. Is this arc not technically a repeat redo of the Eggman versus Snively arc? You know that can be a way to look at it. 
Maybe. Now, now, now think about it, right? Eggman has gathered all of his egg bosses, taking up against a, a, a former ally or somebody he was aligned with, you know? He had shit of his stolen, right? He's being manipulated in some way, and he has to, to get out of it. So it's very similar to that arc. No? Got a similar setup, at least. I, I think it's kind of interesting. I'm seeing yeah, it. that's interesting to put it like that. And, of course, with uh, Eggman showing everyone the paralyzed lackey, um, they kind of see their own future, so everyone is extremely disturbed. And as Eggman asks, well, are there any objections to the mission? No. I didn't think so. Although, Ma is the brave soul and asked, since Dark Gaia energy is involved, do we risk the encounter of these monsters, if not also the Nagus twins? And Eggman says, oh, finally, the first intelligent question all day. In short, no. The spire in the center is drawing in all Dark Gaia matter. There is not even a single enough amount of ambient energy for a monster to get even close to forming. So this is one less thing to worry about, okay? And we've got enough to deal with as it is either way. The twins and the lackeys, the witch carters, they've all taken command on the post and have control over the local badnik horde. So here's the plan. Divide and conquer. Everyone will split into teams of two and striking key targets. We will be undermining support so we can take the twins to a full assault. And they will be overwhelmingly crushed. Team 1, Tundra and Ackled, to which they both immediately object. Uh, now, now, I know there's bad blood between you two, but you serve me. Your personal vendettas are null and void. Think of this as a team-building experience! You know, I like I liked the fact that even in moments of dire situations, Eggman's just still in the mindset of, I kind of want to fuck with these people a little bit, just for fun. I mean, listen, he is the Arbiter of Chaos. Well, he's the Arbiter of Control, but... You know. He loves throwing he loves throwing a wrench in his in his own shit. It's it's just how he rolls. Yeah, I, I guess, you know, we gotta spice up life a little bit. I get it. They will be tasked with hunting down the spire, cutting off access to the Witch Carter powers. So when they go, Aklut mentions how funny this all is. Once you thought your tribe could conquer mine, and now here we are. Comrades. I do miss our old roars of batter though, the cracking of metal and bone. Good, honest conquest. And all your warriors fallen, staining the ice. <laughs> Tundra explains that some of his guys fell too, which is true, but you were never able to get past them to me. Oh. <laughs> Blood sports. Yeah, this, this may have put them together intentionally. So next team is Clove and Thunderbolt. You will access the defensive systems and shut them off, uh, cutting to Clove and Thunderbolt, attempting to make their way through as Thunderbolt is using a uh, mech that Lord Eggman had gifted them and uh, they won't disrespect it and leave him behind uh, while struggling to fit through a basic door. It, it's, it'd be like that. It'd be like that. Team three is Nephthys and Ma, the newest recruits. You will be shutting down the command signal to the Badniks. The twins will have to command them individually in that circumstance. So we see them make their way there as Ma comments how he never thought he'd be this close to the Doctor while trying to help him save the world. Nephthys doesn't understand what she means, though. Eggman's out for conquest, you know. But Ma says, well, yeah, sure, but people need to be saved from themselves, I think. The doctor is the only one willing to take those radical steps. You should know this. You volunteered to serve yourself. And she agrees with him ultimately. Sacrifices must be made for the greater good. So these two are also another interesting pair who have like the similar mindset and ideology. But uh, seems like Ma is a bit more 
sincere about working with Eggman. Yes. Hmm. Our next team, Conquering Storm and Mordred Hood. You are my best infiltrators. Find the Witch Carters and take them out. While the two are dealing with uh, burning teacups of death, because th- this is this is Dr. Eggman we're talking about here, Mordred is quite surprised. Ah, I shouldn't be here. Direct combat is not my forte. Conquering Storm's uh, response? No, you slink onto a throne only after selling your homeland to Eggman. Safe and honorless. That was racially motivated. Slithered. Come on. You really had to use that word? Come on. Wow. I didn't even realize that it was racially motivated. Fucked up. I'm going to have to go have a long, hard think after this one, friends. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Okay. So, Ode replies, uh, There hasn't been a Sylvain king in a hundred years, and the bloodlines of six noble houses is as thin as dishwater. What would you have me do? Surrender her to the acorns? Dredge up some lesser families like the Decolettes and give it to them? Interesting note, Decolettes were apparently a royal family to the uh, Sylvain king of some kind. Interesting. Interesting. And Conquering Storm's reply to him is, no, don't give anyone anything. No bartering, no bargaining. And then Hood asks, how did you take command of anything? She says, I gathered the strongest and we took what we wanted. And then when she sees the Witch Carters, on site, hones in. And now the remaining team is Abyss and Cuckoo. It's team six because you... Both have beaks. That's good enough for me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Now that's racially motivated. Take up the backup generator so the mission isn't a total waste of time. So as the two walk down below, Abyss asks the Battlelord if he's like royalty or something. He says, yes, the Cuckoo line is a proud and strong one. Since the fall of the Babylonians, I am the 15th son of the lineage. And she's not very impressed. All she does is steal stuff as a pirate. He says that, you know... Ultimately, you're no better than the filthy Babylon rogues, but she doesn't really care. She signed on with Eggman. Now I get best toys, a dozen ship in the fleet, and I own the entire Southern Hemisphere. You got what? One measly ship? Oh, the Battle Fortress is worth more than your entire fleet combined. Its power can't be matched in all the skies. <laughs> Don't bust a giblet, Grandpa. Unbeknownst to them, a Dark Gaia monster is forming and stalking them. So we finally end. Uh, Eggman is seeing putting the finishing touches on his trump card so his team can do the mission. But Orbot says finally, be careful. This only has enough juice to run for only five minutes. But he figures that's plenty of time to knock the ugly off that troll. Won't be much left after that, Eggman says. So Eggman gets in the car along with Axel. And the reason why he gets the honor of riding with the boss is because he had an odd number of minions. I really should look at that when we're done here. No matter. Let's ride. Pedal to the metal. Axel is on a modified monster truck style Eggmobile. And Eggman... On the egg drill, which is the first boss of Sonic 2. Fun callback. Yep, cute. So inside the energy collector, Akala continues uh, seemingly speaking for quite a while. And don't misunderstand me. I think you make a great subordinate to Eggman. After all, a leader who can't control his own son? Shameful. Who's powerless to save his own wife? Pathetic. A lackey gets more understanding. And then Tundra snaps and backhands him. I will break you in half. And Acolyte is like, oh dear, it appears you've struck in a fellow egg boss. You've now jeopardized the mission. Well, looks like I must now put you down. And the two rush in to fight. God damn. Yeah, I can't believe this man really just said, hey, yo, you failed to save your wife and your kid uh, doesn't even care for you, bro. That's a little fucked. There are some things... 
that just go a little too far in my opinion folks yeah i mean uh i would i would snap i feel like anybody would so we continue on the defense of grid control tower as clove and thunderbolt continue trying to figure it out between the two of them moving through while they're still on their way thunderbolt stops her saying that she noticed something about her seems like you resent our glorious emperor the one who saved your bratty little sister you know, he gave people the power to change their lot in life. I am not going to tolerate ingrates or subordinates, so you better explain yourself before I... And then her mech is caught in between two crushers, and she's holding them back as much as she can, but uh, Clove takes the opportunity, turns around, the staff she has turns into an energy scythe. You have no place to judge, my sister. Yeah? That's another snapping moment. As uh, Nephthys and Ma are now dealing with the crystallized badniks, move in between the crossfire, and end up landing in the middle of an assault of badniks. While Hood and Storm are fighting the witch carters, they're just kind of fucking around on a ride. Hood suggests that we should stay back. Let's wait for the others to complete their mission so we have an easier fight. But Storm, no quarter. I'm going to go in right here right now. And they are alerted to their presence. As Abyss and the Battle Lord are attacked by the Dark Gaia monster, surprised that they're starting to form, but they're both rearing to fight. Abyss saying she was a terror of the deep long before Eggman came about. And Eggman and Axel still driving to get to their goal, saying that he times it just right, so that when we get there, we'll be right and the twins lose their powers. But they come across a Dark Gaia Titan. To Eggman's shock, its club hits the ground underneath Eggman, it cracks and his mech starts to fall into a lava river. Well now, uh, Eggman in danger. Another pretty good issue. Uh, I think we've got some some interesting stuff going on here. But uh, we'll have to see where it takes us. Sonic Universe issue 85. Flynn and Thomas are the creative team. As Eggman's mech is about to fall into the lava, he is saved at the last second as Axel throws a chain onto his mech and drags him back up, but despite that, Eggman is legitimately surprised that Axel saved him. But either way, Eggman says the autopilot held up well enough, surprised it lasted this long. So with Axel on the back of the drill, as the Titan destroys his cart, Eggman hits that sick turn, drills directly into the core of the monster, and it dissipates. Eggman thinks that the twins are using the Dark Gaia energy to conjure these monsters to boost their forces. But then, Eggman takes a second to ask Axel, Why did you save me? You know, I know most of my egg bosses hate me. And he says, yeah, some more than others. But that doesn't matter. In my crew, before we rode for you and after, we look after each other. Doesn't matter if we hate each other's guts. You take care of the crew and the crew takes care of you. The minute you betray that, the whole thing falls apart. You're the boss. I don't have to like you, but if I don't do my job, then I've not just failed my crew, I've failed the whole Eggman empire. Simple as that. Something to ponder later, Eggman says. If we've hit trouble, the others may as well. Teams, report. Team one, uh, well, the two of them are fighting. Team two, uh, the two of them are about to fight. Uh, team three, engaged in combat. Uh, team four, running for their lives from the witch hunters. Uh, and team five, Kier, uh, uh, but trying to shut down the backup generator. Uh, they've run into some trouble, says Abyss. I'm a pirate, not a hacker. Can't shut this down myself. Which leads the battle or to get her to get away from the console. I will handle it and lobs several bombs at both the Dark Gaia monsters and the generator. It's all handled. So the backup is down. Storm thinks that the Witch Carters will end up being depowered, but they aren't. The main generator needs to be dealt with, and Akla and Tundra are still fighting. Aklut, we see them admitting, I would rather break your body right now, but your mind will work too, as he sends off his ESP wave, 
which leads Tundra collapse and holding his head, grits his teeth, he refuses to go out like this, gets up, turns around, and breathes ice on Akla's head. And that's when Eggman calls him to everyone, fucking stop and listen here. Whatever problems you got, you know, put them aside. You are part of the Egg Army. You take care of the Army, the Army takes care of you. If you betray that trust, then everything falls apart. You fail, you fail the entire Eggman Empire. If you fail that colossally, I'll lock your cybernetics and you two can stare at each other in the same room until the end of time. So get to it! So he took the words to heart, I see. Yeah, uh, he... He really did. Uh, Axel's a little surprised by it, uh, gritting his teeth in the background. Like, wait, what? Right? Like, what am I doing? What have I just done? <laughs> but uh, it's for the best. Uh, the two of them uh, decide to simply agree to it, stopping their fight and uh, shutting down the generator. Tundra saying, so you have a shred of honor after all, that this isn't over. Oh, not by a long shot. Uh, so Calgary Storm is about to get the finishing blow uh, before two of the witch hunters fall to the ground. Easily dazed out, and they're easily taken out by Storm and Hood. So Storm can tell that they're under a form of my control. Their base reactions are pretty slow. But in order for that to work, they need a weak-minded target. Or one of weekend mine. But Hood bets that his vertigo inducers could break the hold over the witch carters, and he releases a wave, and they clear their minds. So Behringer sees we've we've been finally freed. We can get our revenge on Wendy now. Now, Clove and Thunderbolt. Clove slices the mech's hatch open and grabs Thunderbolt to run. The door way ahead of them is about to close. Thunderbolt says, Amy, I can short it out. And with that, they get through just in time. As she finishes up with Thunderbolt, Clove says, My sister did not choose her way of life. I chose it for her, just because I could not bear to lose her. Thunderbolt, though, adds, Look, that's no excuse for treating Eggman with disrespect. You should be worshipping him at every waking moment. Clove, at that point, is just like, Okay, you know what? Look, some of us are just too shy to express ourselves like that. Besides, clearly you're more worthy of his attention. I wouldn't want to compete against you. Uh, Thunderbolt then does the Ojo-sama laugh as uh, she's very happy uh, that there is no confusion about uh, there's no one in her way to be Eggman's number one. Yeah. Sometimes you just gotta, like, smile and nod, right? Just Yeah, yeah, just mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Smile mm-hmm. and nod. So they shut down the refinery. They relay that to everyone. So now all that's left is Nephthys and Ma. And they're on the ropes. Although Ma says he has a final trump card. But I think you should get out of the way for it. She flies up and away. Ma says, oh, man, I've never performed for this large of an audience before. I'm all a tingle. He then proceeds to unhinge his cyberized jaw, and he's just fucking Kirby inhaling all these badniks as Nephthys cuts off the radio signal. So she comes down and is like, hey man, what the fuck? Like, what was that? What is this? And he said, well, look, I took care of the badniks is what I did. It was disorganized like that. We had a hard time rendezvousing with the others, but now we're in the clear. Uh, Okay, sure, but like, the badniks, where did they go? What about the animals in them? All he can say is confidential. My modifications are experimental, but the beauty is those robots and the little animals will live forever. That's all that matters. What the? Okay, so this line confused me when I'm reading it. What is the implication here? I, 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 th- I think this is supposed to be like Kirby powers. I, when I, I, I knew about that before going into this. And then when I read it with that explanation of 
they will live forever, it legit unlocked a memory for me of a, an episode of Kirby right back at you, where Kirby inhaled King Dedede, and he was just, like, in a void in space. I think that's what it's supposed to be alluding to. What the fuck? I... I... I I don't know, man. I'm, all right, I accept it. Whatever. Okay, sure, <laughs> fine. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Yeah, and Neff is a uh, very uncomfortable with that non-description, but whatever. They're at the center of the facility. Wendy and Nagus are about to collect the energy for themselves, and Nagus hopes that this will restore his powers. Wendy hopes that this will help to stop whining and don't be a dead weight. So, <laughs> Nagus and Chance. Oh, the dark god, rekindle the fire within me. Come to me, Ixis. Then Wendy's just like, bro, you fucking for real? This isn't Ixis. This is fucking Dark Gaia. The mutations, the, the power boost. It's dark and ominous for pity's sake. Hey, hey, buddy. Did you miss the part of the planet spreading apart? That's trademark Dark Gaia, goober. And you call yourself a troll. Finding a wellspring of Ixis energy in itself as a feat. You thought Eggman had a tower full of it? Don't you lecture me on our heritage. You corrupt the old ways and barter with the enemy. Hey, Eggman's your enemy, not mine. He banished me to the special zone. Robbed me of my powers with the Genesis Wave. Yeah, that's your baggage. Okay, I'll trade relics for his tech any day. I'm only helping because you're family. Now just shut up and use the energy. Yeah, they're really going back and forth, man. Like, what the fuck is this? I mean, hey, the the dynamic is real. I, I can, I'm convinced about their uh, relationship, at least. Nagus then goes, okay, yeah, da, da, ba, 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 ba. dark guy, give me powers. It's, it's not, it's not doing anything. It's not working. To which Wendy sees the spire has been shut down. And so it's backup generator. Nagus bemoans, this is why I hate tech, just summon the badniks. And she realizes she can't call them all at once, the signal's cut off. I can summon them individually, but... <laughs> Nagus then makes the call. They're under attack, we call the Rich Carters now. And then she sees they've been cut off from her as well. And that's where Eggman appears before them with the whole of his egg bosses saying, don't even bother with the defenses either, they're all offline. I've done everything to cut you off from your cards. Thanks to my egg bosses, yes, some are eager to serve, others not so much, but they're all here united with the intent of punishing you. And that's not all. I got me some new recruits. Your witch carters want to squash you more than I ever would. Though, uh, Wendy's response to this, well, doctor number one, I can summon the badniks individually. Number two, the witch carters are mine. You made the mistake of bringing them back into my range. And when she brainwashes them again, she summons her final trump card, a crystallized Metal Sonic, to Eggman's shock. Oh, wow. So Crystal Sonic's design is basically just uh, Metal Sonic encased in crystal. Uh, it's not super special. Uh, it looks okay. Yeah, it's like, you know, it does the shock value good for what it's worth. Yep, absolutely. All right, so let's move on to the final issue of this arc. This has been going pretty good. Uh, welcome to Sonic Universe issue 86. Flynn and Thomas are the creative team. Eggman calls us a cheap trick. You can't take me on directly, so you steal my Metal Sonic? Nagus replies, all's fair in love and war, Doctor. And I love making war against you. Now it's a battle between Eggman's bosses versus the crystallized badniks and Crystal Sonic versus Eggman. So we see Behringer, he's grappling with Aklut. He's saved by Abyss as she's electrocuting him with her hair tentacles. Neft is fighting Karodia, 
who slices up her extreme gear. Cuckoo supports her with lobbing bombs to the badniks on her tail. And Ma fortunately says he can't do his inhaling trick again. Too close to his comrades. Thunderbolt is conflicted in destroying Eggman's creations, but I must obey, otherwise I fail him. Hood tries to do the vertigo trick on Falk again, as Clove and Storm are just thrashing badniks left, right, and center. Axel is chasing Wendy. He is able to chain her cart, but she melts the chain off. Coming back to Nagus, I can't control both the Witch Carters and the Badniks at the same time. The best that he can do is just control Metal Sonic, as uh, her cart ends up getting destroyed by a drill shot direct hit by Eggman. Metal destroys the egg drill, leaves behind a smoking pile, but Eggman, he kind of... It's, it's a little... The art here is actually like pretty raw of him getting out from the smoke perfectly fine, thanks to my hard light armor. Ah, <laughs> uh, alright, so this is... Okay, so this is a twofold reference. Hardlight is the, the mobile studio that develops all the Mobile Sonic games. And the armor, well, it's a bit of a modified version of Eggman's armor that he used to raise Knothole. Ah. Ah. <laughs> ah. I see. Okay. Yes. No, but it's really cool. I like that Eggman gets this sort of like pseudo battle armor that lets him go hand to hand it's a it's it's a cute concept yeah i'm a fan of it so when crystal metal decides to attack again eggman swipes him away saying that he'll repair you later the twins try to crystallize eggman's armor but it's ineffective you cannot crystallize pure energy which leaves eggman to go mano y mano on nagus and he's on the ropes wendy tries to escape on her grounds but uh she's caught by clove and the rest of the bosses energy scythe to the neck Eggman throws Nagus down and is about to take him out with a final energy shot. Then Metal comes in between, takes the shot fully, which does decrystallize him, but now Nagus is nowhere to be seen. Metal depowered, and Nagus gone. So Eggman just thinks he's scurried off to plot somewhere and feels sorry for himself. Whatever. Wendy was the real threat this whole time. But she says, no, 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 no. Listen, this was all Wally's idea. I'm not a conqueror. Y you know me. Come on. And says, okay, release the badniks. And does exactly that. And then Eggman says, all right, Clove, uh, let's let her reap what she's sown, if you catch my drift. But Wendy is pleading for her life, saying, Doctor, listen, we've worked together in the past. We can do it again. But all you did was just sell relics for tech. But she says, listen, there's a lot more where that came from. Plus, Eggman, you know, Axel did say that you wanted an even number of egg bosses. Plus, a master of the mystic elements could be a real boon. And she's already got her own gang already. She doesn't even need Batnik, she says. To which Eggman says, All right, you're hired. Thank you. You won't regret this. <laughs> See to it that I don't. Mordred is asked to release the Witch Carters uh, and let them up. And Wendy retakes control of their minds once more. Eggman welcoming her in and sit calling Orbot to bring the drop shit. Prepare... The injector, the implant for her and her minions, so we can keep in contact over short distances and to keep you all in line, of course. And for the rest of you, go home, back to work. And so everyone goes their separate ways. The Battle Lord gets back to the Armada, telling Speedy it was uh, quite an adequate conquest, but I am glad to be back in the sky. As Abyss goes back to her base in the Southern Ocean, immediately telling the crew, Boys, set sail. Time for a raid. Hood goes back to Avalon. Uh, one of his subordinates tries to tell him something about the the Woodland Kingsmen, but he's just like, I don't want to, I don't want to hear about it. Just make a feast. I don't want to deal with anything right now. Then we move to the Egg Dojo in Chunan. Conquering Storm comes home, 
Her boys have prepared her a room and a bath, but she says she wants to rest later. How's construction near the temple going? Well, it is complete, but the local spirit has changed. As she's just like, okay, we'll, we'll look into that later. Nephthys comes back to Shamar and calls Spike and Sonar, saying, hey, I'm all good. And actually, the circumstances allowed me to destroy some infrastructure and free some Mobini. All in all, it went very well. And then she takes off her face mask, showing that her entire head was cyberized. I only wonder what happened to her that made her go that far. Yeah, maybe it was an injury beyond repair or something specific with it. Hmm. Interesting. Clove comes home to a welcome party thrown by her sister Cassia, just a way of appreciation for all she's done for them. When Thunderbolt goes home, she sees that her team has found two Master Emerald Shards when she was away and says, Oh, cool. Put them in storage for now. Uh, we need that in our back pocket for when our leader needs a reminder of my greatness. We'll, we'll, we'll send about that. When Tundra gets home, he's just staring into the sky. One of his men comes out and he just starts kind of going on a prose. All my life, I've been fighting. I lost my family to disease and cowardice. My most hated rival still lives. So we must fight on. Speaking of which, Aklut returns to his base saying to his boys, we got some blood in conquest and we got an old rivalry rekindled. The doctor doesn't want his bosses fighting, but he doesn't really monitor that well from afar. So I think he'll forgive me for one less egg boss once I bring him a unified North Pole. When Axel comes home to Missouri, his boys say that they spotted Sonic on the path towards them. And Axel is like, all right, Guess we gotta try out our gift from the boss early. Mount up, we ride against the hedgehog. And this gift uh, turns out to be the Egg Beetle boss from Sonic Unleashed. Finally, the most interesting bit, actually. Ma comes home with a supply load, telling one of his researchers that the doctor has entrusted us with some new tech. Experimental. He says it's the new roboticizer. But his aide says, like, well, the I thought the process didn't work anymore. Yes, yes, it's true, but... The doctor came up with a new method that requires testing. Lots and lots of testing. As he brings out a tassel boy from earlier. Hmm, interesting. Yes, uh, we'll get back to that. Believe it or not. <laughs> One way or another, we get back to that. <laughs> Wonderful. So, with all that done for the day, Eggman is ready to savor his victory. My hard light armor worked like a charm. Metal Sonic is back, and he's a... Uh, Metal Sonic slides in a la the Satsui no Hado. It's very funny. <laughs> Metal Sonic approaches, and Satsui no Hado's George Lucas had uh, for, for committing the grave sin of Star Wars Episode Two. <laughs> <laughs> Elsewhere, Nagus finds himself in a crystal cavern, cursing Eggman for robbing him at his chance to get the powers back, and Wendy for abandoning him. But it's not gonna matter. I have other ways of getting my powers back, as he's seen touching a gemstone. A very large green gemstone that suspiciously looks a lot like the Master Emerald. Next episode. Yep, next episode. All right, that was the Eggman's Dozen arc. Uh, what did we think? That was, a, that was a pretty great arc. That was really fun. Lots of fun characters. I think pairing everyone off in like their similar but different ways. I think that helped add a little bit of a uh, little bit of mystique and intrigue into it. What the fuck is up with Ma? I need to know that. Yeah, there's some uh, 
There's some big think questions going on there. Yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was a great arc. A lot of really unique and interesting stuff going on. Uh, I like the character dynamics. I like that Eggman is obviously the center. Uh, I like that uh, Eggman is a psychopath, and uh, we get to see it in full force. And not only that, even psychopaths can learn a lesson, folks. May not be a good one, but he learned something. Absolutely. It's uh, definitely something. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is great. I, I had an awesome time with this. It was also awesome to see lots of characters that we haven't seen from the old canon uh, make their way into the new canon in a similar but different form. It's, it's pretty cool. Speaking of, we might see some of those faces return in a minute or two. Welcome back to the RG Sonic Digest. Hope you guys enjoyed the little break. And now we're going to be... Smoothly right along to our main section of the book, starting us off in Sonic the Hedgehog issue 280. We've done, we've done way too much, I think. <laughs> 280 issues. It would be a shame if there was only 10 issues to go. <clears throat> that would, wouldn't it? Uh, anyway. <laughs> anyway, uh, Flynn wrote, our man Ian Flynn wrote, and Jamal Peppers is back doing some art on this one. We open in the Savannah Citadel Zone, uh, the Holy Tree, as it's known. This is just the staging area for the Egg Beetle boss fight in Missouri. So, well, here we are. Here we are. Who driving it, other than we suggested before? It's Axel. He's chasing after Sonic and the Egg Beetle. The rest of his crew are riding along with him. You know, you race me and my boys and you'll end up in a ditch. As scientist says, oh, right, sure. I'm good for a few more laps. How about you guys, huh? huh? Pretty sure this boss looped. So, uh, you know, makes sense that they'd be going in laps. So Sonic knocks over one of the bike riders and jumps in between the mech's pincers. And when he's face to face with Axel, says, hey, does the good old doctor know you're taking one of his toys out for a spin? As Axel says, he's got full clearance to do whatever it takes to defend the temple and crush you. And he fires one of his chain hooks onto Sonic. Jumps off. He pinballs some more of the bike riders as from a distance... We see Chip with Tails. They're looking for the sun and moon keys from this area. Chip is a little worried for Sonic, but Tails says he's handled worse. We flash back to a couple hours ago. They find the regional guardian of these keys named Gwek. Says these keys were lost from him, probably stolen in a raid. These guys have been terrorizing the whole continent. And ever since they signed on with Eggman, they've only gotten bolder. Chip worries that this may mean Eggman has figured out what he needs to do, but Gwek says not necessarily. That gang has been occupying every temple they can find. So them taking shop in the Holy Tree is probably just a coincidence. Then, Sonic thinks that the best way to get around this is to take the keys without setting an alarm that they're important. And thankfully, I've got an idea. Then, Chip and Tails get inside the Gaia Temple. They evade more of Axel's boys as they look for the keys. Chip comments how he feels like as time has gone on, he and Sonic have kind of grown to have a nice bond. And Tails thinks so as well. He always saw Sonic like an older brother and inspired him to be the hero that he is. I wouldn't even be who I am today if it were not for him, as Tails thinks back to a little before era when he was running behind Sonic in Emerald Hill, flying with him in the tornado chasing after the egg carrier. Good times. Good times. Good times. Uh, Chip admits that he's jealous. He wished he had a lifelong friend like that. Uh, Tails replies that, well, that's the thing about Sonic. He treats us all like we've always been the most important people in his life. Chip then says, it's not just him. You and all the Freedom Fighters have made me feel welcome. I'm not just a legendary spirit to you. I'm your friend. And uh, shows a cute montage of Chip hanging out with all the Freedom Fighters in his own individual ways. This is really cute. I like that, you know, Chip does get more time with the other characters. You know, we are sort of kind of giving him more purpose in that regard. Uh, 
You know, while I like Chip and Sonic's relationship, it was never really fleshed out. So I guess it makes sense that, you know, Chip having a more diverse, varied cast of characters to sort of grow on would uh, feel in line for him, you know? Yeah, it feels right. It's like they're they're taking the time to sort of build on these relationships. And yeah, Chip was a very integral part. It was nice to have him and Sonic unleashed and the dynamic that he has with Sonic feels very natural as it is right then and there. But here, they can really just mine the good little stuff. Yeah. So, and coincidentally, the two keep talking until they stumble upon the Gaia Key in a room off the side. And they find it put together, so I really hope that they didn't test it out on any of the doors here. Then the two kind of have their light bulb moment, and they're running around the temple, and they find that the the egg army has access to Central Chamber. And Chip looks around, he thinks, okay, I need to be here to can't remember but tails runs inside finds a control terminal and says that the password was password classic classic eggman simple easy effective they see that the egg army hasn't had time to look around here so let's lock the place down and get out of here but chip looks up and he sees that there is a mural up at the top he seems drawn to it flies up to it and touches it which creates a wall of light, and he's sucked into it. And this is a basically a recreation of that one cutscene from Sonic Unleashed, where Chip is in avoidance space, there's a little ball of light in front of him, and it speaks. He is the messenger of day, of light, of rebirth. I am the first spark, the last light. You were once one of mine, when the chaos titans drove back the darkness, but you all suffered for it. You changed. I return you all that I can, and restore the world. Light. Gaia. They took a little bit of creative liberties there. It's not exactly the same as in the cutscene in Sonic Unleashed. Hmm, Chaos Titans, huh? That's, uh, a little interesting. Yeah, I wonder if it's sort of like the, the, the Titans in, in Greek mythology. It's kind of like that. Chip takes in the ball of light and leaves where he came in, back to Tails. I'll explain what happened later. Let's get back to Sonic now. So they lock down the room as Sonic is still fighting Axel. He seems a little bit winded, but... He looks up and sees Chip and Tails with the key, so Sonic's just like, Okay, I've had enough. Thanks, guys. Bounces. And when he heads off, Axel calls us a victory. Me and the boys just drove off Sonic the Hedgehog. Let's fucking go. As Chip and Tails and him are flying away with the Gaia key in tow. That's the end of that story. It's a short one, but that was pretty fun. Yeah, it was cute. It was cute. Uh, just a pretty simple story. Uh... Seeking, speaking of simple stories, uh, we have a secondary story, a special occasion, Flynn and Hernandez, the creative team, and we open in Professor Pickle's office in Spagonia. We are following Sally and Rotor, so they're looking for a friend of Pickle's, Otto, who is another key guardian, and gives them his moon key. So now they're three and a half keys down, four and a half when Sonic gets back, now we gotta go make this an even five, but uh... Professor Pickle's a little a little irate with Otto. I've been working on unveiling the Gaia manuscripts for 40 years, and you were holding on to a relic this entire time? Well, I was protecting it. It belongs in a museum. It belongs in the right hands. And then, uh, just before as the two guys are about to get physical and have an old man fight, Rhoda's just like, okay, nope, stop, relax. We got the fate in the world and all that. So when they're calm, Otto tells them the other half of the key is held by a woman named Lucia. And uh, he gives them the address. Later, Sally has to tell Rotor to keep it calm. You know, we're out here making good progress. But, again, he's still frustrated about how people can just go on about their personal problems when, you know, the fucking planet has cracked apart. 
I don't know. Uh, hmm. uh, I, yeah, you know. It uh, keeps uh, coming uh, back. I don't know. We, we've told about it. I don't like Rotor being characterized like this, but I, I understand why. Like, he plays a role, and I, I just don't necessarily know if he's the right person to play the role. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, at that moment, they see someone running out the alley, panicking about how they didn't have dinner reservations for their mom's birthday, and Sally thinks this must be Lucia. So they go introduce each other, saying, hey, well, what can we do to help you out? Despite Rotor's attempt to give a piece of his mind, Sally just says, non-verbally says, shut up. Well, she says that her mother's birthday is coming up. You know, I bought a ring and diamond as a gift, but I can't afford to have it sent out. And I never booked dinner reservations to the place where she met her husband. It's, I'll, and Sally is just like, okay, hold on. I'll handle the reservations. You go with Rotor. He can fix and build you anything. And. He's a little annoyed, but he goes with it. Sally goes to the restaurant owners, and they're willing to help her, but unfortunately, we don't even have space. The patio is fully booked, too. But, uh, literally out of nowhere, uh, Honey pops out from the restaurant. Hello, how you doing? It's been a while. She overhears the conversation, says, well, I'm willing to give up the table I reserved, as long as I can, uh, book a design contract for the royal family. Uh, what do you say? <laughs> <laughs> Ruthless businesswoman, Honey the Cat, uh, Gaslight Gatekeep, girl boss indeed. Yeah, except this time I like this character. Ah, uh, yes, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Ty says, uh, I, I guess, I, I guess you can design the wardrobe for my coronation, whenever that is. Deal. Now, as that plays out, we see the Sky Patrol. Rotor finishes making the ring for Lucia. Perfectly fine. First time's a charm, I guess. So with that all said and done, later Rotor and Sally are welcomed aboard on the gun carrier ship Sword of Michael, welcomed on by Captain Daniel Murr. So they're talking, they're just exchanging information. Um, I will say this is kind of out of nowhere. Yeah, just a little bit. Uh, it's a... Small casual conversation just about the two of them and sort of the uh, the nature of force of armed forces. I, I don't know. Is a... it's it's very like a in the weeds kind of talk. But yeah, basically they just say Spagonia is mostly safe at night from the dark Gaia monsters, but outside the city walls, not so much. Uh, plus, morale drops significantly at night. It's almost as if the night is crushing them. But we make it through knowing that you guys are out there to fix the planet. And Sai says, hopefully the wait won't be that much longer. As she looks on from the city from the sky, Rotor just looks back at her more and more annoyed. Later, Rotor and Sally are eating with Lucia and her family. The mom is overjoyed with the celebration. And Rotor, Rotor says that he feels like that this whole situation was a bit personal for Sally. And she says it's true. Sally admits she doesn't remember her mom, just vague memories. And we see a silhouette, like of her face is obscured, but we basically see like her body from the neck down of Sally's mom. Now remember, Sally's mom was original to the comics beforehand, so... Just, I don't know where this is going. Uh, I, don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. Well, Sally thought it would be important for Lucia to have this memory of her mom, something to hold on to forever. And Rotor remembers his mom. She was on her deathbed and passed away when he was a kid. And Rotor realizes, ultimately, you made the right call. We're not just saving the planet, we're saving everyone on it. Rotor quickly asks how you got a table here anyway, as she admits, well, <laughs> I, I kind of have a little interesting phone call to make to Dad tomorrow. <laughs> uh, Lucia asks Sally... Ultimately, you know, I was so worried about the plans for tonight. Why I never asked what Otto sent you for. 
And then she says, we're out here collecting the Gaia keys to restore the planet. And he said you had the sun key. A beat passes. Oh, holy shit. The planet's falling apart. And I was worried about the birthday party. Just stay here. I'll go get it for you. But Rotor, Rotor of all people says, hey, relax. We've been through enough. Let's enjoy this moment for now. You can savor it when the world is saved. And then when the story ends, Rotor and Sally are flying away on their extreme gear with the sun and moon keys in hand. And that's the end of 280. All right. Well, I kind of do wish that there was a scene of like Sally, like basically telling Rotor, hey, dude, you need to chill the fuck out. I kind of would have liked that. Nobody tells him to, to cool his jets. He has a point, but he's got to cool his jets. So, you know. Anyways, let's move on to Sonic the Hedgehog issue 281. Flynn and Pepper's the creative team, and we're going to be seeing some, uh, some new old faces, as I like to put it in this time. Yes. So we open on Dragon Road in Chunnan. Great, great stage, great track. As Sonic, Cream, Sally, Antoine, and our boy Big are running down the dragon, so to speak, as Silver Sonic is making Big say uncle, to put it lightly. Yeah, he's pinned down. Sonic comes in to help, and he's able to separate the two, but... Big thought that it was destroyed before. Sonic, he understands that the cannons back then just only disabled it. So Cream, helping to get Sally get away, but she can't fly that far and has to land soon. As Antoine is slicing away missiles, saying things would be a lot better if Dulcie was here with her team right about now. Mm. Oh, and on cue, uh, a giant fire-breathing dragon shows up to kick Silver Sonic's face in. And over the bridge. Uh, yeah, so Dulcie's back. Uh, Dulcie, I'm pretty sure, was a character in uh, Sat AM. So, fair game, right? Fair game. They did redesign her to make her look more Mobian. Because if you remember from Sat AM and in the earlier comics, she did have the more, like, traditional European dragon design. Yeah. I'll be honest, kind of like her old design a bit more. Okay, you know what? This is going to be a very personal, like, anecdote, what I'm going to say. I have no idea if you've even, like, you're going to relate to what I'm about to say. But to me, this is sort of like the change in art style between the two seasons of American Dragon to me. I kind of like the new art style better. Okay, so you know what? You're like me. I actually do prefer the second season's art style, honestly. The, the first season is too, it's too soft. I don't hate it compared to the second season. I do. I like that it's more angular and it's more like detail and not detailed stylized is the right word. Season one kind of just looks like a, a little generic Disney channel-y art style, but season two had a pretty unique art style and I love that. Yeah, that's fair. Ultimately, though, we uh, move to Dulcie speaking with the Freedom Fighters. You know, them all catching up. Sally asks Dulcie, you know, take her to her team so we can all catch up. But she seems kind of hesitant. You know, we're not really a team per se yet. But Sally says, don't worry. Ready or not, you came to help and that's what mattered. And she wants to team up with her Freedom Fighters for a mission out here. This leads Dulcie to bring Sally and the team back for lunch at her dojo. So then they arrive to the Shijin Shrine and... Dulcie introduces everyone to her teammates. In order, Gian Tiger, Bunker the Tortoise, and Cinder the Pheasant, who Dulcie said they were the only people to answer her call to arms. So, all these characters are interesting in their own right. Kind of do like that they're a bit more original and they're not necessarily homages to anything else. They have, like, fun little designs. Cinder especially. She's very colorful. Yeah, I like I like the color contrast on, on Cinder. Yeah. Sally reassures her. 
They answered, that's good enough. So they gather at a table for lunch outside and Sally mentions that they're looking for Zonshen. He has one of the Gaia keys they're looking for. Bunker suggests that that makes sense. He's the one that keeps the temple grounds and makes offering to the Phoenix spirit regularly. The Phoenix is a lesser spirit, but it's very territorial. The reason why the Egg Army hasn't been able to hold ground there is because of that. To Dulcie's dismay. Chip, by the way, on the side, he's looking for fish sauce, but Antoine says Big drank the whole body. He's yummy. <laughs> that's, uh, I feel like that's typecasting since he's a cat, but that's beside the point. Yeah, yeah, no, no, come on, man. What was racism? Uh, Cream asks, well, why didn't more people come help you? And Dulcie argues it's because of their clan system. You know, we've been fighting over territory and ideology for centuries. We all agree Eggman's a threat, but they can't agree on how to handle him. Pheasant said she left her southern Pyrie clan to join Dulcie's freedom fighters, but they weren't too happy about it. Dulcie says the clans in their systems were why she ran away from home all those years ago to West Side Island. Before we get into the the flashback, I do like how this is sort of trying to bring in the old clan system from the old canon and just make it way more spread out. Yeah, it's very clear that there's an attempt to reincorporate that idea, but... But it doesn't really get elaborated on beyond this, like, one comment, essentially. Basically, yeah. Well, Dulcie arrives to Westside Island and meets Sonic just as he was smashing some badniks, along with Sally. She apologizes for trespassing on their land, and she introduces herself as one of the Eastern Forest Clan. And Sally talks to her, saying that she's part of the Acorn Clan. I guess, and actually invites Dulcie to stay. And she's kind of shocked considering that she's not from around here. But even Sonic himself is like, I don't belong to a clan per se, but I've been chilling here for a minute. He decides to stick around after he saved their kingdom. It's happened a while ago. Don't worry about that. But, you know, take that for what it's worth, right? All of these things of like Sonic not being belonging to a clan or helping out people despite he's not part of them. All of that is just that uh, Dulcie can't comprehend that basically. But Sonic also elaborates that he really only, like, got rid of Eggman for them just because he was bored, basically. Man was, man was over it. He was just like, all right, okay, I guess. (laughs) Sally leads her back to Knothole, and she feels like, you know, she could use some friends. Sonic also has Tails by his side, tells him about Dulcie. You know, Tails Tails thinks she's pretty cool, but it's kind of, it's a little weird how she flies with wings. (laughs) Yeah, that's weird. Sure. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> okay. Dulcie says that when she was with them, she learned about how life was like when you pick your friends from who they are, not where they're from. And that inspired her to go back home to change some minds. It's been a slow progress, but we are turning people around. Unfortunately, though, uh, June adds that progress has been greater with the enemy, the Egg Clan, where she used to be part of, she says. We just welcome in to anyone who was strong enough. That's what drew her in initially. So they have a, a defect for a freedom fighter. That's pretty interesting. It's it's little it's little things. Yeah, I mean, it adds a little little spice to it. Sally notes that they did have the most organized badnik horde we've encountered. Dulcie adds that the egg clam outnumbers us like a bajillion to one. They have a leader who they love and are inspired by. They have a base near the temple grounds. Do, do I need to go on? But Sonic says, "Really, the plan's simple. All we need is the Gaia key." We can worry about driving back the goons later, okay? So, time passes, they go into the village looking for Zanshen, but no one has seen him. Till Cream and Cinder come running to them saying that they found a lead. He was last seen heading to the temple grounds. But, uh, considering that the Egg Army is nearby, they are worried about having to deal with them and the Cranky Phoenix. Sonic, though, is kind of down for it. Keeping it simple would be boring, right? Later, we end it with Conquering Storm, 
standing over the body of the damaged Silver Sonic, as one of her ninjas reports that Sonic, Dulcie, and the Freedom Fighters have all been spotted in the village, and they're probably going to try to get into the temple. And she actually just says, let them through. Like with the old man, we'll let the corrupted spirit defeat them for us. And the last, final part is the phoenix, corrupted with Dark Gaia energy, with Zanshen hiding behind a pillar from it. That's the end of that story. Yeah, so it's cute. It's a cute little setup. Now we make our way to our story B, uh, which is called Homesick. This is, takes place in a fishing village in Adabat with Tails and Bunny. Interesting duo. But Flynn and Hernandez, the creative team, the very first line of dialogue is uh, mm, from Bunny. And then Tails says, what is it? And then she says, ah, the sea breeze, something about it feels nostalgic. Hmm. Well, uh, I, I think I know what that's referencing. Pretty sure that's 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 uh, blatantly a callback to um, the Tales Adventure arc in pre-reboot canon. They had to go to a little deserted. They went to Tales Little Private Island. Remember? Oh well, yeah. All right. Okay. I can see that because that comment where she said it feels nostalgic to her. Tails thinks that maybe you were born here, but Bunny was found very young, so she can't remember anything specific. But actually, Tails hugs her. Says, "Well." You know, I'm happy Rosie found you. You know, it's like getting a big sister in a way. But she adds, yeah, a bitter one, but you helped me through that. This is interesting. I don't think Tails and Bunny ever interacted that much in the old canon. So to have them here and just say, you know what? You're like a big sister to me. Very cute. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's really adorable. So they make it to the shore where they were told they could find the next key guardian, but they find him surrounded by a, basically a ruined house and he's just sitting there. So he, Tanchi, is asked for the Gaia key and, you know, we need that to restore the planet, but he's in a very depressive state. He lost his ancestral home due to flooding and tails he says well i can build you a new home for you you know as a thank you for helping us but he snaps at tails i don't want to lose a single board from this place and demands that they leave <laughs> okay Ooh, ah yeah ha shocked him to his very fucking core <laughs> so they they step away for a bit and when they're on the boardwalk tails is surprised that they have to deal with the uncooperative guardian bunny thinks that maybe we can find someone in his family to talk to him as they walk they come across a little souvenir shop run by tainchi's son kao they tell him about what happened. He was able to hear the yelling from where he was. It was so loud. He adds that the family was living with him when the home was destroyed during the initial cracking of the world. Tells us, asks, well, can you talk to him for us? He just thinks on it for just a second and says, sure, well, let's do that. But I need the rest of the family first. Some time passes. Tails, Bunny, and Ko, along with his siblings, I think it's like, Four or five of them. Big family. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a big old family. They tell him, okay, this has been put on long enough. We have to talk. They all say, it's really worrying to see you like this. We hear you crying through the night and you just stay in the wreckage during the day. Look, we can take time off from all of our jobs and help rebuild. But he just says, look, th that's not the point. This was the family home from my father, his father before me. You just... You can't rebuild that. But then Bunny comes to talk to him and says, listen, I was someone with no past. I was found outside of Mobotropolis with nothing but my name and the clothes on my back. Then Eggman invaded. And then after that, my legs and arm were roboticized. And people look at you differently when you're part robot. Ugh. One day, 
Tails and Mutsky come to talk to Bunny, and Tails says, you know, since Sonic is on South Island fighting right now, I think for everything Sonic's done for me, I think it's time to pay it forward. Sonic did the same for me. So he goes to Bunny and says, hey, we're, we really feel for you since everyone's teasing you, you know, calling you Rabbot instead of Rabbo. It's, eh, but look, I don't care what you have, robotic parts or whatever. Rosie takes care of you like she takes care of me and Mutsky. So as far as I can tell, you're my older sister, and I think I should look out for you. That is, like, the first kindness I assume Bunny has seen in, like, a long time. And just those words are enough to make her tear up. And thanks, Tails and Mutsky, for just being nice to them. She's learning to walk a little more every day. Still hurts, but I power through it. This is the moment where Tails is inspired to learn up mechanics from Uncle Chuck and build her new legs that don't hurt when she walks. Bunny finishes this little story saying that she may have lost a lot, but still had people to lean back on. Yeah, you lost your family home, and that's a shame, but you didn't lose your family. They're here, wanting to help you. And Tenshi realizes this now, saying, oh my god, I've I, I've been a fool all this time. And he brings his kids in for a hug and says, it's, it's time to rebuild. But first, Ko, go get the box from the fault. The freedom fighters need it. And then soon, they give Tails and Bunny their Gaia key and see him off. So once Sonic gets back from Shinan, we'll only be needing one more key to restore the planet. But then they realize that this means Angel Island will fall too, so they call Amy and Knuckles to see how they're doing with the Master Emerald Shard hunting. And then we move to their perspective. Uh, in short, we're not doing so hot. We found three so far. The one from Casino Park, the one in Apatos, and the one we found on the way here. According to Amy, the rest of the shards are cluttered somewhere in groups, but Knuckles says, Tails, don't you worry. You deal with the planet. We got this. And when they shut it off, Knuckles says that this is going to be close. We're going to have to strike the egg base tonight. You sure you guys are down for this? And then we got our boy Mighty telling Knuckles never passed down a challenge so far. Mighty and Knuckles back together. Decent comic. Uh, I don't have much to say about this one. I mean, it was pretty nice to see like Bunny have recollections because it was explained that she was kind of bullied for being mechanized like that. But it's nice to have the little heart feel moments and Tails bonding with her because in a way they both are. How do I put this? Freaks. They bond over each other and there and there's like familial love there. It feels really nice. Yes, it's very cute. So I think we're ready to move on to the next issue. 282, Flynn and Peppers are the creative team. We begin at night, so Sonic is transformed into his werehog form as the night falls, which startles the Chinon Freedom Fighters. Although, Dulcie thinks that that's a pretty cool form you got there, bro. Even, even if all the fur looks like it's a pain to handle. Oh, well, you're just jealous, Scaly. Hey, that's racially motivated. <laughs> Extremely racially motivated. Too many. And then she replies, as if, fuzzball, which is a little less insensitive, but still the point stands. So Bunker can tell that despite how Sonic is in a fog of corruption, he is a beacon of purity. So she asks Sally, how long has he been like this? She replies, since the tremors before the world shattered. Oh, his chi has endured long. I must meditate more. Jian, Chip, and Cheese come back from scouting warning them that the spirit has been corrupted by Dark Gaia energy, and Zonshen is trapped there too. According to Jian, the egg army that's normally there is weirdly absent. It's as if they want us to go on ahead. So Sally thinks that Conquering Storm wants them to handle the spirit for her. Either that, or they may overwhelm us with her forces while we're fighting it. This leads Sally to ask Chip, now with your restored powers, do you think you could heal it? And he says, probably, if it were weakened enough. And Sonic volunteers to go fight it 
we dark Gaia types need to look after each other after all. <laughs> oh. Cute. Now, on Sally's side, she'll look to see if she can handle an ambush on her own. We are at the temple grounds. Sonic and Chip find Zonshen. Says he's okay, beyond being a little tired and hungry and crispy around the edges. He came here earlier to make an offering to the spirit, but found it in a crazed state. He offers, I'll take you back to the village, but gets interrupted when the phoenix lands on the ground, leaving Sonic to have to handle it. So as they get into the fight, Conquering Storm and her ninjas are on an outlook in a nearby bamboo forest. Not surprised that Sonic is fighting it single-handedly, but that does ask, where are the rest of his team? As we see Sally Dulcie and the Freedom Fighters taking out ninjas one by one. And there's a there, there's a raw, pretty raw shot of Big just hulking up from the shadows and intimidating at some ninjas. He's getting the drop oh, yeah, on them. Yeah, yeah, white woman jump scare Big. <laughs> Sonic dodges some fire and then decides to make an offering of himself. Taking a jug, filling it with water, and throws it to douse the phoenix. And it's at that moment when Storm makes the call to attack. We can't wait any longer as the spirit has been weakened. But as they start to surround Sonic and the Phoenix, Sally makes the call and ambushes them. Which leads Sonic to continue fighting the Phoenix as the Freedom Fighters fight the Egg Clan. As Sonic slams the Phoenix into Storm, though she collects herself and dropkicks Dulcie. What are you doing here? Your paltry team is no match for me. And the princess's plan only bought you a moment's reprieve. And Dulcie admits to all that. But look, not every attack has to be a crushing defeat, you know. Sometimes, all we need is a diversion. Which, Storm realizes what's going on, turns around to see Chip chanting, and heals the phoenix, purging Dark Gaia out of it. And in a flash of light, it's healed back to its golden form. And, uh, on their side now, leading Storm to have to order a retreat. But Sonic comments, are you gonna retreat to that base of yours? Cause, uh, uh, it's about to be burnt to ashes. And the phoenix promptly does so. Storm Snidely tells Dulcie, congratulations on your victory. It will be your last. She disappears into smoke. Dulcie can't come up with a good one-liner back, but Sally says, uh, you'll, you'll get the hang of it eventually. Some time passes. Zanshen gives Sonic his Gaia key. And on that note, we got it. All the pieces we need to save the planet. Chaos Emeralds, Gaia keys. All right. Looking good. Looking good. Uh, so that is our story A. Let's move on to story B. Uh, Flynn and Hernandez, the creative team. We'll be following up with, uh, the last time we saw the egg base in Sumerica. Knuckles, Amy, Mighty, and Ray all scouting ahead. They look that there's a sniper on their way in, so Mighty comes up with an idea. Hey, Amy, can I borrow your hammer? She's just like, uh, okay. Poofs one up, and then Mighty takes it and just yeets it to the sniper tower, and it's just obliterated. <laughs> it's pretty great. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It is, in fact, pretty great. And with that done, that leads Knuckles and Mighty to punch their way inside and storm in. So, Ray, nothing fancy. We stick to the plan. As inside, Thunderbolt is talking to Eggman, who's chastising her for losing a Chaos Emerald to Super Badniks and still not finding the Gaia Temple. Well, have you considered that there may not be a temple on this continent, my lord? Have you considered doing your job? <laughs> but she says, look, I am. And that's where she pulls out the two Master Emerald Shards she's found. And Eggman realizes, well, guess it's good that Wally doesn't have them all. And if I can restore the Master Emerald myself, I can cancel out whatever plan the Freedom Fighters have in store. Good work, Thunderbolt. I retract my earlier yelling. But then the alarm blares. Man wonders what that is. And Thunderbolt says they're dead meat. Knuckles and Mighty are fighting their way through the Egg Army. Knuckles thinks that these guys really aren't that tough and all. But 
Mighty figures that they're tougher than an average guy, but come on, Nux, we're in a whole different league, man. And he laughs. Sonic was right. You have gone soft. But Mighty encounters a big guy, pistol to his chest, but Mighty's response is to punch the gun, crushes it, and throws the guy through a wall. Soft. Huh? Yeah. 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 Soft, you know? Uh, very soft. <laughs> yeah, and even Knuckles says, when all this is over, spar and match at my place. <laughs> Cute. But through the hole in the wall that Mighty made, they find the Master Emerald shards. So let's just grab them and go. But the floor has been electrified by Thunderbolt, insisting that those belong to Eggman, leading Knuckles to engage her directly. And Mighty warns she's pretty dangerous. But he says reinforcements are on the way, so we stick to the plan. Knuckles fights. Ray opens the skylight on the roof, leading Mighty to grab the capsule containing the shards. And we see uh, he's doing some quick math. Throws it through the ceiling. It's flung across the forest with Moss holding a basket with an X nearby. And he's holding it right above it. But the capsule lands just a couple feet away. But uh, he calls it close enough. Ugh. Uh... Still fighting through the storage room, Thunderbolt releases a wave of electricity, hits Knuckles directly, and then her reinforcements come. She insists that she'll find the shards again, and even if if I have to burn down the whole of a forest and sift through the ashes to do it. But Knuckles thinks that since all your troops are here, your command center is woefully understaffed. And we see Amy knocking some people down, and she turns on the PA system, blowing a sharp whistle to throw everybody off, and then just like flips all the switches to make the bad chicks go haywire, and smashes the control panel, and ends with, oops, I broke it. I really ought to leave this sort of thing to Tails. Teehee. That's <laughs> uh, pretty cute. <laughs> ah, classic Amy. So Thunderbolt is in chaos as Knuckles and the gang make their way out of the base and return to Moss's place. So now we got five Master Emerald shards and I need seven more. But Sonic and the Freedom Fighters already have the Emeralds and the Gaia Keys. And if I don't find the shards in time, well, and then Amy tells him, hey, you better shut up, but... Don't lose that that obnoxious, I mean charming, the charming stubbornness now. So then she uses the mystic melody to find the rest of the shards, and she finds that all of the last pieces are somehow on West Side Island. Mighty and Ray do want to go with them, but they think it's best for us to stay to keep an eye on Thunderbolt, even if she doesn't know where we live. But Knuckles says, don't worry, it's alright, we need to travel light anyway. Next stop, the Kingdom of Acorn. Next episode. So, with that out of the way, let's move on to our final comic, Sonic the Hedgehog, issue 283. Now, this is a bit of an interesting one. We have essentially the exact same conversation taken from two very different groups of people. Yeah, it's a very interesting perspective, and uh, Flynn and Peppers are the creative team, so let's just see what's happening here. Sonic and Sally prepping to do a call to all their allies around the world and tell them the plan. As we see Big, Cream and Cheese, and Tails flying from the Sky Patrol on their cruiser down. So first step, Sonic says, we gather the seven Chaos Emeralds? Check. And uh, seen watching the stream are Luffy and the Wolfpack and Mighty and Ray as well. Cream arrives home to her mom as Big brings in a large metal case and Tails says he's sorry he can't stay for super long. Sonic continues, We've also gathered the seven Gaia Keys, which we can use to access all the Gaia Temples from one central location. Dulcie and her team are also watching. And in additionally to the shock slash concern of Spike, Sonar, and Trevor, Cream is, you know, having dinner with Vanilla. He's recounting her adventures as Gemra walks in. Say you called for an armed escort, right? Sally continues, this next part, very crucial. 
will be catching the Egg Army off guard. All Eggman knows is the Gaia Temples, which is why he set out on occupying some of them. But this is where you guys come in. You guys will be taking part in a coordinated, worldwide, simultaneous attack. Also watching are the leaders of Meripis along with Commander Tower. As that goes on, Big and Cream are walking to Castle Acorn. Big's carrying the large case as Cream finishes recalling her adventures to Gemeral. He says, wow, sounds like I missed out on a lot of fun, huh? But wish for the best I stayed behind. But Cream admits, I did miss you. Right back at you, kiddo. You know, I really like that. Yeah, I like their relationship a lot. I like that it's very cute and ho-hum. Yeah, especially since, like, Gemra was just kind of dropped off and we never saw him again in the game. So to know that they built up a, a nice relationship just feels right. Ah, uh, yes, it's it's good stuff. So Sally continues, We're not going to be toppling the Empire in a day. We're just doing diversionary tactics. Keep the Egg Army busy while we work inside. Along watching our Uncle Chuck and Ben, Honey is watching as well as she's uh, hitting her punching bag. And Vector is trying to get his busted TV to work and watch the stream to... No avail. Cream and Big arrive to King Acorn and deliver him the box, which contain the Chaos Emeralds and the Gaia Keys. And Sally says all of this was done under the guise of sending their best on a family visit. The Keys and Emeralds will be kept secure in Castle Acorn until the time is right. Sonic says that there's going to be Egghead's primary target while you guys set things up. And finally, Sonic gives the floor to Chip. He introduces himself as Light Gaia. Even if I haven't met you before, or very briefly, it's my duty to restore the planet. But this has been my first time actually experiencing it. If you guys are friends of Sonic and the Freedom Fighters, I can count on you to save the world. It may not mean much for me, but thank you from the very bottom of my heart. This ends with Sally asking everyone, are you guys in? Lupe is a yes. Mighty and Rare are a yes. Dulcie and her Freedom Fighters. Spike says he's on it. As uh, off to the side, Sonar is calling Neff, asking what to do. Sally's about to incite a world war here, but she says, just remain calm. I won't tell Eggman. Let's just work around this. That's very interesting, too. I mean, we've already explained that Neff is, like, not exactly on Eggman's side. So this is a little nebulous, I guess. Because she did tell about the Gaia Keys, I think. She said she would say that. I don't know what the deal is. I think this is going a little back and forth now. So Queen Angelica of Meripis agrees to the plan, as does Commander Tower. Soon as he clears it with the president, all of Gunn's fleets will be at the Freedom Fighter's side. Chuck says he'll do what he can, as does Honey, along with the Chaotix as well. And Vector adds, we'll be doing it at the low price of SPO Jabs' side. Nothing! We're saving the world! I guess. <laughs> Sally thanks everyone as they sign off, and Rotor sees that the transmission was not intercepted. We're in the clear. As that happens, Sally comments how she feels like she wanted to barf after that, but Sonic assures her, you did great, Sal. So now what, Chip asks. Sally says, now we gotta work on the details of the plan. We contact anyone who couldn't make the stream, and we coordinate with Knuckles and Amy. We don't want Angel Island to crash into the planet, right? But Sonic ends, most importantly, we gotta plan the biggest victory party ever. But, unbeknownst to them, still in the vents, the Tails doll transmitting the entire thing uh, well if that was one perspective let's take a look at another from the perspective of dr eggman who at the moment is fiddling around with some kind of 
Game Gear device? Or about trying to interrupt him, but Eggman telling him not now. Almost got her, partitioned that drive, denying access, cut those signals, and gotcha! As Eggman has trapped Phage, the rogue destructive AI. Oh, she's back. Sick. Yeah, nightmare fuel. You're out of time, you treasonous piece of coding. Treasonous? I don't understand. Comprehend. Get it. You created me to destroy and invade systems. That is what I have done. And then Eggman screams, you started with my systems. I lost 60 terabytes of data thanks to you. Oh, that. I was not aware they were your databases at the time. I can see why you would be angry, peeved, nettled. I am beyond nettled. Regardless, Phage adds, well, I insist. All this time I've been working in your favor. I attempted to secure a red star ring for you and a chaos emerald. And I have, uh, I have trolled Gun's email servers. Did you succeed in any of those? All gun personnel have been contacted by a fabricated Prince of Mazari. Ah, I see. So they've really gone for the African Prince route on this one, huh? <laughs> I mean, hey, it's a classic for a reason, right? Orbot then insists Eggman, you really should see this priority message. And Eggman's like, okay, fine. We cornered Phaged anyway. What is it? Then Eggman plays the video. It's the same message that Sonic and Sally sent to their allies around the world to... Fix the planet in one fell swoop. And it's here Eggman learns about the Gaia keys that they collected and that the emeralds are secured in Castle Acorn. But Eggman, ever increasing in his anger, says turn it off. But Orbot's just like, well, there, there's more, sir. Turn it off. So they turn it off, shut it down. Well, taking over the world like this was a good effort, but hey, at least now the planet will be fixed. But Eggman, increasing in his anger, it's not over yet takes a second phage are you ready to make amends gladly i am made to serve then you will do exactly as i instruct stand by for further instructions orbot and cubot queue up some calls and put phage in contact with the tails doll and put me on the line with wendy and also battle lord and the hooligans and finally ask metal to report to the command deck front and center so to start uh the battle lord answers asking hey doc what do you need your keys found or your lawn mode but it says, save it. You will be taking part in a coordinated attack against the Sky Patrol. Once you catch up to them, hold position, then attack on my command. And he's down for this. The Sky Patrol's a worthy vessel. It's going to be quite the battle. Oh, ho, ho. it will be a slaughter. Phage completes a data sync with the Tails doll. And then talking to Wendy and Knack, tells Wendy, send the Witch Carters as backup to the hooligans for this mission. She hesitates, but due to the deal she made with Eggman, she's bound to his orders. As for Knack... You will be robbing the vault under Castle Acorn, which Knack thinks, so why, why are you sending me extra backup for that kind of job? But Eggman insists you'll be getting lots of support, including Metal Sonic. Ah, speak of the devil. So Phage is let back online. The Battle Lord, get the Battle Fortress into position. Wendy, send your minions to West Side Island and Knack, meet them there. Move out. And Eggman is finally excited. To finally have the upper hand on Sonic and the Freedom Fighters for once. And you, Metal, will be get to be part of the plan to finally end Sonic. Aren't you just ecstatic? And he he just hugs Metal out of glee. <laughs> he's just so excited. He's having a great time. He's uh, He's got his big evil plan all set up, you know? He's, he's ready to go. Orbot asks, well, do you want the bosses to call off the hunt for the Gaia Temples? And he says, no, tell them nothing. Keep everything going. Two can play at that game after all. And finally, we have a status update on Eggman Land. 
Egg Boss has sent their Badniks, so the local Badnik court is up to snuff. Repairs are slow, but the Spire has collected nearly all the Dark Gaia energy there is. Excellent. Set a course for Eggman Land. The Death Egg is running on fumes, but after getting a charge from Dark Gaia energy, it will run at full power. Forever. Only thing missing, though. The Brat said they can access the Gaia Temples from one central location, so... Where? Then Metal plays back something from his files, a source he was following up with. And according to Tails Doll's logs, the Sky Patrol took a deliberate flight path after leaving Apatos. Eggman admits his translation of the Gaia manuscript was a little iffy, though he thought the Gaia Gate meant the door to get into the individual temples, so if it's anything, it's there. A valiant effort, Sonic, but now it's game over, and I win. So, uh, we got a bit of an interesting situation here. It seems like Eggman is ready to thwart the heroes at every step. I feel like this is the first time Eggman has ever actually gotten the upper hand. The the, the raising incident doesn't count. Yeah. So, <laughs> I feel like we are done for today, then. Um, I hope everyone's ready, uh, because we are throttling towards the end of this arc at full fucking speed. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, it does feel like it's just sort of like, boom, you know? Yeah, it's here, and, uh, that's not the only thing that's coming to an end. Oh well, uh, we'll get to that. But, next time on the Archie Sonic Digest, yes, we'll be wrapping things up on the Shattered World Crisis in more ways than one, and in Sonic Universe, oh, we're gonna have fun with Sonic Universe, so it's gonna be a great time. It's gonna be a great time, folks! Catch y'all later! See you next time!